Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Coming up later on this week's episode of The Waffle House. Dez, I had a blast. I don't know how much of this you're going to be able to use. I'm using it all, just so you know. I'm not editing editing shit. These Irish people are going to learn a lot about race. (laughs) The, 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 The annoying thing is that I did the intro with my podcasting partner this morning. I was like... Me and Yamanika are going to talk about Trump. It's like, uh, actually, Yamanika's going to give us a history lesson about racism. <laughs> but that's totally fine. That's totally fine. No, no, it's all going up. I don't give a fuck. I've got the Barrys with me. All right. Well, Welcome back. It's me and Steve. We are back. It's been too long, man. I know, but to the, to our listeners, it hasn't, Steve. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. Just so yeah, you know, about it. to our listeners, it hasn't been uh, two weeks and two days since we chatted. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Not that you're counting days. But I like is- your earphones, by the way. Sorry. I know it's off. It's visual, but wow, they are some sexy earphones. Dude, I've had, I've had these for a while. It's funny that it's the first time you... I think you're noticing them now because I have a very sort of sterile background today. Yes, you do. Yeah, it's looking yeah. good. Well, would you believe that well, I'm, 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 I'm beginning the process of, of trying to turn one half of one of the bedrooms into like a little podcast studio? Oh, nice. So like this it. corner, which is not in any way, shape, or form been prepared yet, I'm going to get some some visually stimulating soundproofing stuff behind and create like a little, a little sort of a corner. Nice. Where like not only will it sound better, but it will also look better for, uh, for video content. I wonder, do they do um, soundproofing uh, pieces in the shape of waffles? Uh, well, actually there, <laughs> there, there are a lot of soundproofing things that are in the shape of, of squares and have like, uh, you know, I know, but the, the whole waffle thing, you know, I feel like the whole waffle thing was when we were trying to get it going with Joanne. I don't know what we're going to do long I know. She just fucking dumped us, man. Yeah, now she's with Moirin O'Connell. I, I actually did, oh. uh, I did the, the 6 o'clock show uh, two days ago. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. But um, we, we, should, we can discuss that another time, whether we, whether we keep the name. It doesn't really matter right now. What matters is, matter. Steve, is that actually... I, I just have you on for a little uh, little intro and an outro because later on today I'm interviewing uh, Yamanika, amazing New York based comedian, African American comedian, larger than life, big personality. Uh, because I, I I wanted to talk about Trump with you, but I also wanted to talk uh, about Trump with an American comic because it yeah. has been it has been quite it has it has been quite the week. So yes, it has. I I, I kind of feel like. There was a time where this podcast really focused on the Trump fiasco, and mm. I, I've been getting a lot of messages from people sort of looking for a response. And I know that you also care, so I did want to get you on to to have your whole take on it. I mean, where do we where do we begin, Steve? Well, can I just start that? I just to be up to date. I did actually. I did watch the um, last night's debate. I watched it this morning. I couldn't uh, watch it, man. It was too pain. boring. 
Really? <laughs> there wasn't enough cutting each other off. Well, you know what it was? Uh, yeah. It was just that there was too much not answering the actual question, and I was just like... There was a lot of that, yeah. I mean, he is definitely worse, but like, uh, yeah, it was. There was a lot of that, yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, and you know, when he started this thing of like, stop playing politics with the lives of Americans, I was like, I'm not getting into this nonsense. Yeah, it was really hor- Yeah, That like, was just horseshit. Horse rhetoric. Yeah, horse just shit. nonsense, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I will have to admit that having maybe it's just my thing for powerful women, but massive Camilla Harris crush now. But hey, what are you going to do? Know, it's Kamala, just so Kamala. Sorry, Kamala. I know it's are, just I, I used to call her Kamala. Kamala. Yeah, it, it's Kamala. I, I used to say Kamala, but it's Kamala. But right. you know, I guess we, uh, you know, just so I don't want anyone to be uh, accusing us of being insensitive to the pronunciation and names. It's Kamala. And okay, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, he also wouldn't answer the abortion question directly, and he's clearly anti. But anyway, whatever, man. I I, yeah. I I I didn't get much out of that debate, other than that was a bit more sort of traditional political non-answering of mm. questions. And at the end but of the day, least, well, go ahead. Yeah, well, I agree. I agree with you. But at least, I mean, comparison to last week's car crash or whenever it was a couple of weeks ago's car crash between Biden and Trump, at least there was a little bit of you know some points made from from a, a campaign point of view, what the belief systems were. Yes, they dodged loads of them, but it was certainly... Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, like yeah, Trump has gotten corona. He's yeah. still being irresponsible. Today, he's moaning about the debate being uh, virtual. You know, like he, he's, he's, he's not given it the respect it deserved from the get-go. And all the outcomes that were expected as a result of not taking corona seriously have happened. The highest yes. death rates in like the the wealthy world um trump himself has gotten it he's literally at the epicenter of a super spreading event you know mm. they didn't wear masks they're all getting it you know today he was on fox news i don't know if you like it's coming so fast now it's hard to stay up to date but yeah yeah this morning he was on fox news with maria bart bartaroli bartamoli uh and she uh and he said he was kind of blaming the gold star families at this event but the event that he was at was the day after the Supreme Court judge event. It was the day after. And they were Which indoors. Was the Rose Garden event. Or yeah, it was no, the day after that, is my understanding. Right. Now, I, I, I could, I'm open to correction on that. But needless to say, if I'm wrong about that, it's totally fine. It's just hilarious that he basically tries to say, how can I stay far away from these Gold Star families when they're telling mm. me about their their children that sacrificed their mm. lives for this country? And it's like, yeah. yeah, it's fine that you didn't stay far away from them. It's not fine that now you're suggesting that somehow your concern for the American people is the reason why you got sick. When in actual fact, yeah, yeah. It's, it's your consistent disregard for science that has yes. you in those situations. Yes. You shouldn't be next door very- near people. I agree. It's also very hard to be able to decipher the actual state that he is in because doctors aren't answering the questions about his health state. Yeah, because they signed non-disclosure agreements. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they have to sign NDAs. And doctors in the past that didn't sign NDAs were not allowed to treat him. Wow. And then the other the other aspect of it, there's loads of suspicion. Now, I don't know if it's just a CNN thing, but there's loads of news sources are saying this. They're not sure what was pre-recorded when Trump comes out and, you know, says, I'm doing great, I'm doing fine, everything's tremendous. There's loads of suspicion as to the timeline of when these things are actually recorded. But that's not even, and, it's, that's not even important whether there's suspicion or not. The truth is that, you know, he's covered in like brown makeup yesterday for this statement. Yes. It looks ridiculous. 
Yeah. He looks ridiculous. <laughs> so it doesn't matter when it's recorded because the truth is what he's saying is outlandish. You know, yeah. go back to earlier episodes of this podcast. He literally was saying hydroxychloroquine is a miracle cure. Now, yes, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he took Regeneron and he feels better, despite the fact that he's on tons of other medications too. Now he's saying Regeneron is a cure. He's not saying it's, it's, it's one potential good treatment. He's saying it is a cure. And that once again, despite the fact that it's been seven or eight months since he was completely wrong the first time, now once again, he's saying we've defeated the coronavirus. He's also not in the clear yet. Has he been given negative tests yet? They will not release the information if he's had Fuck negative me. tests. Jesus, this is worse than Russia, for fuck's sake. It's ridiculous, man. It's so bad. Wow. And, uh, th- th- I don't understand. The, the problem is he comes, he's so hard and fast with so much ridiculousness that you can't focus on one thing. You can't make yeah. a drama out of one thing because the next thing just comes. You know, he yeah. called Kamala Harris a monster this morning on the same interview on Fox News. You can't keep up with oh this guy. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And now he won't do the virtual debate, which of course he won't do because, you know, like th- th- the thing is that he, he's they he's can put literally used. That's why <laughs> he's literally contagious. He's yes. literally contagious. Yeah. He has the very thing that has shut down the whole world, and he's acting like the that people that don't want to be near a guy that has corona are being, uh, ir- you know, uh, they're overreacting. It's like, dude, you yes, have the yes. very thing, and you're whipping off your mask and showing the world like I defeated this. It's like it's ridiculous. I mean, the media are trying to say that it's probably the steroid that has him worse than normal, but really, he's really on brand, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's great. And he wasn't he like he's basically accusing people like of being basically wussies if they're if they they're scared of the coronavirus or yeah. Biden's a pussy because he didn't because he don't let it dominate don't, don't let it dominate you. That that was yeah, his yeah. line. Don't let it dominate. Some, you. Yes crazy rhetoric fucking hell so now he's but, pushing um, regeneron like 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 it's the cure i mean it'll probably turn out he has stock in it but i don't even care about that stuff i was just gonna say <laughs> i was I, just gonna I, say I, hopefully you can pay that tax bill if you can sell some regeneron <laughs> well in terms of like unfounded things a lot of guys have been saying that so you know he came out and said he doesn't want uh the senate the uh, he doesn't want to negotiate on a stimulus package anymore like no more negotiating with nancy pelosi then the market tanked so then he came out that night and said actually no let's let's work on a package and the market went back up and a lot of people saying that he's probably got somebody shorting the market when he makes a bad statement then it tanks then he probably has them all dump the money back in when it goes back up but you know you can't prove that so it's a a pointless accusation but he has he has swung the market so many times on with haphazard statements, like all of these things, any one of these things for a normal president would be a huge problem. But for Trump, he just makes mistake after mistake after mistake. And Mm. for some reason, it doesn't seem that it sticks, except that it looks like he's getting less and less popular. But we will only Mm. know when the election comes. Totally, totally. Uh, I think it's... Yeah, I saw some interviews during the week with people, uh, with Trump voters all over the state, and they're still... The Trump voters are still hardcore behind him, but it's because, I don't know if you saw the Channel 4 stuff that kind of feeds into stuff that we talked about before, about the Cambridge Analytica getting data and then advertising to people through the in the election. Yeah. So fear-mongering, et cetera, et cetera. But it's still in so many of their heads. There's still, like any, for example, Black Lives Matter marches, they have in their head, we got to vote Trump, otherwise that march is going to come through my front door. Yeah, but that 35% can't win you the election. That's the thing, you know? Yes, and it, yeah, it, yeah. Does, it does seem like he's just, he thinks somehow that keeping, keep playing to his base 
is going to get him over the line. But his base didn't win him the election. It was his base plus the people who thought politics as normal hasn't been working for us. Let's try something different. The difference is that it's been four years and it's been a fucking debacle. Yes, so yeah. not all those people are going to stick with him. And he needs that. Them. That and the last time part of the tactic as Channel 4 revealed is that he stopped a lot of people voting. He, he, they spent a lot of money on kind of swaying people to, I ah, don't bother voting at all. Hillary, she doesn't really represent you. So oh, you yes. hate Trump, just just don't vote. Yeah, and he's not so going to have the all. Sanders effect of like uh, angry Sanders voters that didn't that couldn't bring themselves to vote for Hillary. And whether they voted yes. for Trump or not is another story. I, I do think that the left is united. I don't think they'll be united long term, but the anti-Trump trumps uh, their dissatisfaction with the democratic party so mm-hmm. i think that that trump is the unifier of the left and and the center which is which is a positive i mean we didn't even talk about the debate because the debate was so insane also but Crazy. a lot of people were saying that they thought that maybe trump was gonna rile up his base while at the same time uh turning the left off of biden i think that that right. trump thought that that tactic would work but i i think it's been a total disaster i mean his polls have been tanking big time since the since the debate here we go so are you have you done a postal vote yet or any of that or i don't i'm not i'm gonna, gonna vote in person. in person i'm yeah, voting true. in person yeah there's a polling in station Queens? in my building no in in uh, manhattan all right right in fact we're cool. closing my my my, my my mother's apartment will be completely out of our lives next week oh so, really that's a biggie yeah it's also the end of my uh property connection to queens oh uh, wow my that's, new york apartment sad. is in manhattan and my mother's place which has actually by the way been my mailing address for most of my stuff uh will I'll, I'll be changing that to my apartment in manhattan and that that, that will be the end of me as a queens guy wow um, and uh, hopefully crazy, that will be the end of a Queens guy as a president of the United States as well. Because <laughs> well, he only grew up problem. down the road from me. Yeah, Jamaica that's crazy, States. bro. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, listen, it's, 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 it's relentless uh, how much frustration you could have with Donald Trump, the, the irresponsibility of it all. Uh, the fact that Steve, you know what's terrible? I didn't want Trump to die, but... I did want him to get sicker. It's been disappointing yeah. his quick recovery. Yeah. Can we just and you want hands to see up. him in more pain? Somebody want to attack me for that? Hands up! I admit it. Yeah, I wanted yeah, yeah, him yeah. to suffer more. I wanted him to be more humbled. You know, because yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah, because a steroid infused Donald Trump coming out thinking that somehow he single handedly has defeated the coronavirus. He literally. Do you know what he said? Uh, in, did you watch his stupid video where he's like got so much makeup on he looks like he's doing blackface? Have you have you seen this video? I don't think I've seen that one. No, no. Oh I saw, my I saw god! The balcony. That was it. No, Steve, yesterday night, he did this video where right. he's like, the, the makeup is so bad, bro. It's so, it's so brown uh, and orange, you know? It's like, it's like worse than anything you've ever seen in Temple Bar. You know, it's like as, 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 as brown orange as you could get, right? And he's like, I feel great. I feel better than ever. And I took Regeneron. And, you know, some people say it's a therapeutic. I say it's a cure. It's a cure. And he literally, you know, and, and, you know, he's basically saying like, oh, so in that, in that speech, he says, and I pushed them to give me the Regeneron. 
I'm the one that pushed them to give, you know, so like even he's like, he's like, Fucking no, I'm a no, doctor, no I'm medical a background, but he's basically like, yeah, listen, yeah. it was my idea. I saved the world. This guy is such a fucking messianic lunatic. He's, he wants to get it out there. Like I saved the world. It's, it's, so he said it was a blessing from God that he got the coronavirus. That's how fucking right. self-centered. I saw that quote in the news. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was from fucking that. Hell. That was from that video. My God. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So, um. So that's why I wanted to get Yamanika on because I know that she's gonna she's gonna rant and rant and she's rave. Go hell for leather. Well, yeah, because you know I think people are, are sick of this guy. But uh, let's um, let, let let me bring on Yamanika and then we'll chat again uh, after we have Yamanika on. Let's do this. Well, this right. is easy. You just got to. I, I I I'm just using you to complain about Trump for thirty minutes. I just I needed somebody to moan about Trump with. Let's let's talk about it. Where do you want to start? Because I can't stand him. Well, I mean, like, where do we start? You want to start at the at, at the the last thing he did was with this crazy video where he said that he basically had found the cure for coronavirus. Did you see that today? Oh, he's putting out. Oh, he he. See, the thing about him is. Well, let's just start from the beginning. All right, let's start from the beginning. Jamaica State's Queens. We got to start from the beginning. Because you know what it is? Is it's like, I have to be, I've I've been going on podcasts and shows and trying to like talk in a way that is what they like to call, um, you know, sort of hitting all quadrants. All right, okay. You know, where the, the mother and the father, and they can all sit down and meemaw, peepaw, and the kids, and they can hear a little crackling fire. They can all put their hands in the same pot of popcorn and listen, and nobody's offended. But I can't do that. No, but you don't have to do that with us. Plus, this is mostly Irish people that listen to this. So, right. And, you okay. Know, so you can let loose. All right. I already know the Irish. Now, let me tell you something. One of my best friends is Irish. The reason why her and I are best friends is because we whip motherfuckers' asses together. You understand? Mm-hmm. Got a wicked ass Irish temper. I come in with my don't fuck with me black woman. I've been on the rough side of the mountain. And we come together and we make the most perfect transformer just walking up and down Times <laughs> Square, Union Square, uh, a, a Battery Park, wherever we can, uh, Prospect Heights, wherever we can, just knocking motherfuckers over. So that's that. But I will say this, that the, the, the reason why we are bothered with Donald Trump in the first place is because America is insistent on always having first a male patriarchal sort of structure sitting there on top of and let him be white, right? So to the point where it don't give it doesn't matter to them that this nigga is damn near retarded and that he ain't never even been high school principal or 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 like he never ran for class president. Yeah, he, he he hasn't been an administrator of anything in his life. Nothing. Nothing that he is complete. If he had the resume that he has and they put that on a black dude, he would be somewhere trying to audition for a Tyler Perry show. You know, so it's like, you know, he don't, he got all these baby mamas. He, everybody that live with him is working with him. Um, he don't know what the fuck he talk about. He got failed business after failed business. He lined up. That's like that. uh, That's like that Sam J joke about the, you know, you know, the Sam J joke about why black people like Donald Trump. Cause they're like, yo, this guy is like straight out of every stereotype that they try to put on black people everywhere. 
but but that's the thing. It does as long as he's wearing it, it's not a stereotype. Yeah. You understand? And that's the problem because there's a lot of white niggas like him that's out here doing that shit. But the reality is, so where do we go from there when we allow, first of all, when we let Ronald Reagan be president, when he wasn't nothing but a two-bit actor, when we let all these people, Arnold Schwarzenegger should never be holding office nowhere. He the nigga can't even speak English, okay? So the fact that you would let him sit in an office, don't nobody even know what the fuck he's talking about. And I'm not saying he don't speak English like he not like, oh my God, he should be speaking English. I mean, the nigga don't even speak human. Let me put it like that. No, like can't, I don't know He can't what, string a sentence together. Eep op or I, I, that means I love you, is this nigga come out of his mouth all the time, okay? Yeah, I mean, he's clearly incompetent. He's, he's a cl- nutso. He's a nutso. But so that's the ground rules. Is you, white male, good, fine. We don't give a fuck. We got to put a penny in this nigga back and have him moving around. Now, <laughs> then, so that's, that's how far removed he is from people of color because of the en- entitlement and the privilege that he's allowed to run with. So let me explain to you how he's removed himself even from white people, but because this 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 country is still founded on racism and separating people from one another and having one group think that they're better than another, he capitalizes off of that while at the same time moving removing himself from these white people that he has. Because let me tell you something, all these little two-bit hillbillies running around with no teeth in their mouth, he is not partying with them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Of course, this, of course. This guy who said, put Mexicans in, uh, behind a wall, China flu, niggas is out here, it is what it is when they loot the shoot. This is the same nigga that party with P. Diddy. You understand? Mm. If there's a white party happening at the Hamptons, he's partying with P. Diddy. Him and uh, uh, Hillary Clinton went to his wedding. Like, don't don't, for, don't forget, yeah, he's, this is he's a guy a phony. who also ran as a Democrat, went to be independent, now all of a sudden he's the biggest Republican you ever seen. He don't give a fuck about these people, yeah. what they think. He is using their shit on top of them and at the same time tearing their shit down. Yeah, well, I mean, he... he but, but but not only is he tearing it down, but he, he can't even tear it down properly. Like, he can't even actually do the things he's saying he's doing. So it's like all these, uh, I guess, white people that felt that, you know, they had a piece of the pie before and it's slowly been, you know, the middle class has slowly been sort of hollowed out he actually hasn't been able to do anything good for them, but because he speaks about anti-PC culture and all these triggers for them that make them feel like slowly they're being disenfranchised, they still think that he cares about them. Even though talk is cheap, you could say that shit all day. He, had, he hasn't actually done anything. It's a pie, it's the Pied Piper syndrome, and this is why it's so dangerous. Listen, I always get flat. People always talk, oh, everything with her is race. Everything is with her is race. Listen, everything with me is race. I went to an all-white school. I understand what it means to be the only person of color in an environment where people call you nigger every day, okay? And not with no A with the E-R. So I understand race at its core. I understand what it does to, to bring people together as long as you have somebody that you're against. This is the foundation of which we are as a country, and that is the problem. So before we even talk about Trump and how problematic he is, this he is where he is because of the dissension that is happening in America and because we cannot get along. There was a point in time when this country first, not well, passed slavery, but there was a time when 
Jews, Italian, Irish, Blacks were all in the same ghetto together, working together. And then everybody started getting plucked out by how, how close they were able to assimilate and assign themselves to whiteness. And then all the Blacks got left on the side. So when people have to remember when that structure happens and that you are able to be plucked and the countenance of your culture has changed in the eyes of people just sheerly because of your the ability to look white or look a part of a, a majority lets you know that it's already fraudulent. The same insults that were being used against the Irish, the Italians, and the mm. Jews and the Blacks are still the same insults that run today, but they quiet them down because as, as a collective, we stand stronger when we let all these people become white in America. So that's the foundation of what is happening here. Now you incorporate a clown who has no intention he just needs to run another four years so that he can get all the secrets. What we didn't think about is the president is privy to all kinds of things no one has access to. He is the highest level, highest ranking member of our country. So when you allow someone who is in private business to then get in a position where he has access to that type of information, it is a conflict of interest, which is why they don't really want presidents to have business. That's why they are supposed to be civil servants mm. to some degree. They're senators or people that were in politics. You know, they made such a big deal about the Obamas having a fucking book deal. And it's like, but this nigga that's in office right now, he got hotels and shit. Yeah, his name is on everything. Everything. And and he's also, while he's telling you he is against immigrants, he's fucking an immigrant and he is outsourcing his business to immigrants. So when we talk about the the motor system that is failing, the, in, the industry that is failing here of hardworking citizens, which a lot of white males who are blue collar feel like they have lost those industries. Mm. They are losing those industries paramountly and chiefly to people like Donald Trump who will always outsource his businesses. He does not do anything in America, but you can present them with all this information about how he is against them and they still will champion him because people don't understand at the core root of all the evil for the power elite that is flying at the top is money. But they understand that they can control us on a base level based upon race and little petty ass shit like, oh, you black, I'm white. Oh, you Mexican, I'm this. I'm, it's dumb. Yeah, so but his 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 narcissism is beyond just money. His narcissism is his narcissism is almost uh, a messiah complex. He he literally wants to think that he created he the cure for see, corona. You ever listen? Let me tell you something. You ever been with a chick that was hot? Right? Sure, you are. You're a handsome guy. You've been with a hot chick. You've been with a chick that's hot, and you and she's like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to suck your dick!" Right? I just and you just hold on for that, like oh baby, yeah. oh not tonight, I'm, I got a headache. Uh no, you should no, I'm gonna do. Try, it's gonna be the best dick suck you ever had in your life. Don't worry, I got you. I'm gonna take my teeth out the whole nine. You know what I'm saying? You want to put some, have some ice cream sliding down my throat, ice the whole thing, some halls mints and all this shit. You gonna tingle or bingle all of it, right? <laughs> and you fuck with this bitch for four years. This bitch just keep promising you dick suck after dick suck after dick suck, and you holding on because this is a hot bitch. And all you know is you waited four years, and you like this bitch, ha huh, man. But she says she gonna suck my dick. You, but meanwhile. You got some fat bitch over here 
that look like a monster's like, yo, my mouth is open right now. I'll suck your dick today. Now I got to hold off for this hot bitch. That's what America's doing. They keep waiting for this nigga to suck they dick. So this who's the who, never going to suck they dick? Trump. So who's the who's the fat bitch? Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Biden suck your dick right now. <laughs> you have Kamala in there with the ball now. I'm, <laughs> we got too far. We got too- I know that's too funny. Like, no, you didn't go on that white man show and try to pull some blacks coming down. So I apologize to my people. Black Lives Matter. I apologize. But, you know, we also trying to have fun here. No, no. Listen, hey, we're, we're, we're trying to be fun, too. But but they also but for some reason, these same people that just like waiting for the waiting for this blowjob off this guy that, that that's not it's not coming. They also can't, despite all the evidence to the contrary, see how bad of a job he did with coronavirus and this whole sort of insecurity thing. I know it's like a white man. I mean, I hate throwing down the white man stuff because of course I'm a white man, but there's a, there's an insecurity in this community that you're talking about. The white working class man feels like they're being disenfranchised, right? You'd have to be fucking completely ignorant to not see that that's part of what's going on. Uh, They, they can't admit that this guy has done a terrible job with coronavirus. Like, I don't know why they feel like they're going to lose something when they admit it, but it's he's done such a terrible job. And worse than that, the, the machismo that comes with that, no masks and all that, it all just plays into this nightmare getting worse. Well, here's the thing. And, you know, for me, when I have conversations, I'm not on the top of white men's lips in terms of, like, let's have a conversation. But I do have conversations with a lot of white men. They just have to get through. If they can tolerate the reality that I'm going to give them at the beginning, there's always hope and salvation at the end for them. The problem is, you know, I'm not here to reconcile white people, specifically white men, but I don't want to leave out white women who also benefit from white privilege and the white male structure and patriarchy in which this country is founded. Um, I'm not here to, to help them assuage that feeling, but I can understand it in terms of you've, you've been given a birthright here, unspoken, right? What happens is because this is a country that is not founded in reality on race, even though it fuels and runs off a race, just like, you know, America runs off a Duncan, right? The reality is there are white men who stand in the position of a structure for us to see that we see the consistency of people who achieve and have access are white males because that is the figurehead of which we see success. Now, Yes, there are a lot of white men in this country who don't benefit from that because that is a small portion of, um, you know, that's a small portion of the population. I mean, billionaires and people that own things and run, you know, the behind the scenes, they're already a small group that we don't really know or have access to. So I on one end, do you understand the frustration of a white male going, I'm, I don't have shit and I'm tired of people acting like I got shit and the shit that I got is being lost now because now they let Mexicans in and all these blacks is over here and building. And they have been a part of a system that let them stand tall while not as tall as the people that run things 
taller than everyone else because they don't understand or look or want to see or value the suffering of people of color underneath them. So just because you see a few brothers playing ball and you see a couple of brothers marrying white women doesn't mean black people have made any progress. Just because some black people have been able to be doctors and lawyers or things like that, it still doesn't acknowledge the suffering and the starting place to which people of color have to start in this country to overcome certain obstacles. I grew up in an upper middle class family. I have education. People look at me as a big black woman and they think I'm ignorant. So they're always surprised that I speak well, quote unquote, even though I hate the context of how I'm saying that. It's because there's thoughts in their heads about who I should be. I was fortunate to not have been in a situation where I grew up in the inner city. But because I'm black, I would be more predisposed to be in that situation, not because my family would not have had the means or the aptitude to not be in that situation, but because America is constantly placing people of color in situations where that is their reality. And our common ghetto to <coughs> trailer park scenarios are not the same. So if you're in a trailer park and you're a poor white guy and you see a couple brothers playing ball and that's your only connection to black people is you see them balling or rapping and then you feel some kind of way about them having a birthright that you're supposed to have, of course you're going to be racist. Of course you're going to say if you see a, white, a black guy running around with a white woman and you can't get one, you, of course you're going to be like, look at this so-and-so. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course that is happening. What we need people to understand is you got to fight being exploited by that shit because at the end of the day, that's why we can't get anywhere. Because yeah, but you, you, wonder why, you wonder why more of that demographic didn't shift towards somebody like Bernie Sanders rather than Donald Trump. Because they're in res- with the, it's a, it's the it's the coding. It's the and thing. It's the hate, too. Right. It's the, it's the hate. Right. It's it really is the hate and it's the coding. And it's the when when Pence was on last night's debates. And he goes, do you want someone like Kamala, right? Or do you want somebody who sticks up for American value? When they mm-hmm. say American mm-hmm. and, and for family, and he went on the, talking about, oh, they went on the attack of the new Supreme, whatever her name yes. is, Kate Karen. Comey, uh, Comey Barrett. Yeah, whatever. Her, and the whole thing, and it's like, oh, they're attacking because she has... But, these are all whistles to whistle to white people. Hey, we need you. They whistle to white people. It's a marketing, it's a ploy. And it's, it's what like FDR said, it's like, you can rob white people all day. If you convince them that they better than some lowly nigga that's supposed to be stealing some shit from them. That's why when we talk about police brutality and we see evidence of people of color being treated differently than white people when they encounter the police. That's why the first thing they go to is they go, oh, oh, but black on black crime. Well, they do it to each other. As if, even if that was the case, that that was a narrative that we could use, when you become a police officer, you take an oath and you hold yourself to a standard that is supposed to be higher than a regular civilian. So when you equate black on black crime, you're talking about civilian on civilian, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, 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 it's not a relevant thing in, in, in the context of that conversation. 
Right, it's, but it's, it's you. Like, can Can America have? Two, yeah, I, I agree with you 100. Yeah. percent It's like, well, can America have two problems that we can discuss, uh, you know, separately? Right. It's like, yeah, and, we have a problem with fucking, you know, poverty and racism induced crime in Chicago. We also happen to have this other problem, which is black people tend to have bad outcomes with the police. They're two yes. separate things. And here's where it's going to start to get rectified somewhat. Because they still, white people can never be overthrown here because the white solidarity is what keeps this country um, holding up all of these other people that really run everything, right? So they need white solidarity. That's why they start these these crazy ass narratives like Blue Lives Matter as if people saying, um, we want to stop seeing the cops on video putting their knee on people's neck, doing egregious things to people of color, going crazy, having these sort of blackout moments which result in death of people who are specifically unarmed. Because we're not, we're not, what they want to, what they forget is we're not marching because they killed some criminal who was trying to shoot them. We march when we see a six-year-old little girl get murdered because they do, a, and they didn't speak about this case a lot. They do a no-knock and her and she's in the bed with her grandmother. And when the cops come into the bedroom, her grandmother goes, don't shoot, please, my baby's here. And they shoot anyway and kill the six-year-old girl. It's when we talk about them going into a no-knock and killing a woman who is, you know, uh, uh, Breonna Taylor who was killed and the whole thing and, and people going, well, the cop always trying to find a way to make the cops okay in a situation like that. When we go, there's no reason for you to put your a per- person in a chokehold who is not presenting you as a threat. When we allow them to say, well, the cops are scared because black people are violent. When we know you, you keep trying to push this narrative about how violent black people are, but let's never forget that when this country was taken over, it was at the detriment of the Native Americans who were living here. Yeah, of course. Forced to a genocide and then built on the backs of slaves who were brought from their land, promised a good land only to come here and then work and be murdered. So when we talk about the narrative that keep that we are constantly being put having put on us as people of color of being savages of being ruthless they're going to rape your women they're going to rob you they're going to kill you when those things are being done to us it is crazy but you can only keep those things moving if you keep that sort of cult mentality of like yeah. what's happening and- and this constant messaging where they hijack patriotism and make it seem like there's only one way to love America and any any alternative narrative that suggests that we can make America better by tackling some of these social problems, that means that you hate America, which is what Pence is getting and at with that. Not, and it's you not. Know, and the saddest thing that has happened to me is um, I, I never said the um, – we had to do three pledges. We had to do the uh, Pledge of Allegiance. We had to do the pledge to – um, our Christian flag, and then we had to do a Bible oath because I went to parochial school. Really? Because I went to Catholic school, but I didn't have to pledge that. I just had to pledge allegiance to the flag and then say to Our Father. Honey, we they had us, I mean, it was like the opening to a musical. It was everything. <laughs> was every, and, but I, I, you know, I was fortunate. I had a, a teacher who let me not say pledges of allegiance. I started to understand history I had I really delved into Black history and understanding Black history. First of all, because my family 
made sure that I was very aware of the things that Black people had done and the contributions of that. Whatever the narrative is, is being told about us is not something that we need to believe because they don't want me to have my spirit broken down. But also because I went to a completely lily white school where people were constantly calling me a nigger and telling me I was worthless. So I would get information to not believe that about myself and to understand my history. So I very early on, I wasn't doing this Pledge of Allegiance shit. This was from the very beginning. And I had a teacher who was white and she was like, yeah, I get it. I, I, that she's like, you don't have to do that in this class. So so it's not that there's not even people progressive enough to understand Mm. that I'm a kid going through something, trying to learn something. Also, no, this is also the same, you know, teacher, shout out to Ms. Parks, who, when the kids wouldn't eat with me because I was black and dirty, she would let me sit at her desk and have lunch with her every day. You know, really, I wasn't allowed to go to a slumber party when I, and I quote, a girl said to me, my mom doesn't want you to come to our house because you're a nigger and you're going to make our towels dirty. You know, she took me to like a little event for us to hang out. So I had people in my life who where I have good examples of, of both sides, but I'm, I'm, I'm understanding because of the way I grew up and because I saw how the structure really kind of worked, that it is, it is hard to break that because racism is taught at a very young age. And it is something that people carry on. It's the little conversations that are said to children that, I mean, when we were like, what, third, fourth grade, we didn't really, I didn't have any problems really with my class. We all played, we all got along, we played the sandbox. It was around that fifth grade, sixth grade, going into middle school, when we start to really understand who we are as people, that I started to see a shift in the people I went to school with. This is around the time when their family is starting to fuel them with, be careful, black people do this. Don't trust them, with, they're, they're going to say this. They're the reason why you're not getting this. I mean, it was years when I went to school, they all believed that they gave out two scholarships every year. And they kept saying I was the one that was get, getting the scholarship when my family was actually paying into the scholarship so that, and it was scholarship. So students could go to two students every year could go to school without having paid tuition because there were some mm. people that couldn't afford it. Oh, and they were trying to make it seem like you were going to get it because uh, every you know. year it was, I, there was nothing I could tell them. There was nothing that I could do to them. Anytime something was bothering me, or like even when we had slave day, which, you know, I didn't even understand that was really a thing because I'm also a kid during this time. You understand? So when they have slave day, where you auction off a senior on a, on a, a, like a slave block. Really? Yeah. When I tell people this is like, there's no way this happened. I don't like, yeah, they had slave day. They were auctioned off a senior and we would buy them like slaves. I had, I have no real point of reference in school about what's wrong. Right. As much as I'm learning about my culture, I'm still a kid that has to digest what's happening around me. So everybody loves slave day. I'm buying a slave too. We all (laughs) and the shit. So then one year we had a teacher who was like, "Uh, what? No, like, you know, people, people would come into the school and be like, these things are happening. And you like another student of color came. It, it was like, you, do, does anybody see that this shit is happening and you have students of color that are here in this school now and people had to look and start identifying. I know, like I wouldn't be into like famine day. It was like find the potato in the corner. <laughs> no, I was in the slave day. I was because they got to do whatever for the day. 
You know, I was so excited about it. And then so one year they, they got rid of it. And then it was, the conversation was, oh, Yamanika got rid of Slave Day. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here, I'm pissed because I'm like, I was trying to get the one senior, because you always try to get the hottest senior, you know, make it be the worst shit. And um, I was like, I was devastated. I was like, no, I want a Slave Day. And they were, <laughs> they were, they were so against, they, they hated me and I got insulted. I got insulted. It was, it was such a fiasco. And they kept saying that I called Al Sharpton to stop Slave Day. And I was like, like you got fucking Al Sharpton on speed dial. <laughs> that was I was like, you think I know Al Sharpton? Yeah, especially back then. He was like real hot back then. I mean, he was at oh, peak. Oh, they hated Al Sharpton. So, so somehow now. Before he lost weight. Before he got skinny and lost his yeah, powers. Yeah, I don't know. He, I don't know why. I just, he looks like a head floating <laughs> on an ice cream stick. It's the craziest shit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was my experience. So I, I understand where it all comes from. So do you think that the love for Donald Trump, which I think is dissipating, I think it's still his base... Uh, I think it, it's just his base now that really go for him. Do you think that this is like the desperate cry of people or actually we still have a long way to go? Like, do you feel that this divided society is positive or negative in terms of progress? Because obviously things are really, things are, things are hot right now. It, I, I have to go back to FDR and what he said. Until white people realize their enemy is not the people that they have continued to make their enemy. And this is not to say all black people are perfect and great mm -hmm. and whatever. We got shit with us too. Just like white people got shit with y'all. You know yeah. Human humans, humans got some problems irrespective of race. And I've always said, I said a lot of times because it's so racist here, we have to double down. I have to give black people my support no matter what. You understand? Because it's so racist here. So a lot of times, I don't want to defend some asshole that I don't really like, but I know if he's being attacked or she's being attacked because she's black, I can't just sit there and let my brother or sister fall to the wayside because of this system that's fucked up. I want to get to the point where I can hate black people too because there ain't no racism. Like, mm. what I really need to mm. fucking hate them. You know, as much as I can hate white people or whatever the fuck, because there's no, like, we have a desperate plea for us to, you know, just start being... Uh, um, on one accord, but that's where we have to be right now. And that's an extreme example. I'm just saying, I don't, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of right now that I hate or whatever, but, um, it, it, white people are losing. That's just the facts. And they're losing not, but not because black people, because if white people losing, guess who losing to black people. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess what you mean is I, I, you, you mean uh, like like traditional America is losing? I guess is what you mean, right? What I yeah, I mean like like the 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 the, the power structure as it stands at the moment is is to lose. is breaking yeah. down. But but currently, there's no sense that uh, you don't see it as a positive moving forward. No. I'm not this who would have to change their mentality. It would be white people. That's where it is. I, I can't change. I've been talking this shit since I was a kid. 
I'm not, a, every now and then I'll affect a few, maybe a few white people come guys, but I have like 20, maybe 20 groups on Reddit that can't stand me because I'm just a wild nigga bitch always running her mouth about race. They don't take into consideration at all that my perspective is from the lens of I live the shit I'm talking. So when I tell you that there's, I mean, I've been encountered by the cops a bunch of times. A bunch of times, and I can't, and I can't. I've done nothing. Uh, yeah, they, people would be. And stuck. I, I, ne- I never have. I've done nothing, and I've had. I've had a cop put his hand on a gun in front of me. I've been asked why I was standing outside my house smoking a cigarette. Cop came around twice. Goes, why are you still out here on the stoop? I said, I live here. I'm smoking a cigarette. You need to get inside. There's no loitering. Hmm. I'm a woman. I've been followed into CVS in my old neighborhood when I lived on 72nd between 2nd and 3rd. They had the cops got to know me over there because they were like, oh, they were following me around every. And I was like, why? Why is every time I come in here? You live here? You live in this neighborhood? Yeah, I live in this neighborhood. You work for a family? You a nanny? No, I live in the neighborhood. And they had to get to know me before they stopped. I lived in that neighborhood for five years. They trailed me for two. I had a cop. I had a cop come up and ask me once if we were related. You and I? No, no, no. I'm just joking. The different experiences, <laughs> right. the different experiences we have with police. Yeah. <laughs> he was but like, "Are we? It, are we cousins? We look alike." It it takes white people to go when they hear that from me or people of color to not go. Oh, I bother. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I got hard. Yeah, but just understand, you got it hard. But you know, it's like with a um uh. Uh, what's her name? Elliot. I always forget her name. Um, the woman always talks about race, the white woman, Elliot. I always forget her name. But she always says, white people know that they don't want to be black. You know you don't want to yes. be black. You know you don't want to have that experience. because, And not because there's anything wrong with being black, but you know that the way you get treated, yeah, it's not there's a very, you know, when we talk about labeling the protests that are happening, in this country because people are tired and outraged at seeing cops not only murder and this is why we talk about defunding the police and even that gets all oh, these they want to just take all the money from the police no defunding the police is not taking all the money away from the police defunding the police means every time one of these motherfuckers goes and kills a person of color that they had no for no fucking reason they got to pay for that when they did that settlement for Breonna Taylor, they, the they paid with the the citizens pay for that. Yeah, the taxes pay for that. Taxes come out of and if they can, if people can start thinking, how racist are you? Are you so racist that you will uphold the system that you're paying for people's murder, or are you understanding enough that there needs to be some change that is happening here so that you cannot pay? for people's egregious errors and for them to shut off and be racist. Because see, people don't want to go back in history. They just want to start from now. They want to start from the eighties when, when crack was put into the inner mm. cities and a lot, and, and all these black people became crack addicts, which is now happening with white people now because the meth thing is going nuts. Meth ain't nothing but white, but black crack. That's it. So now you're going to see a whole generation of white kids coming from fucking methadone addicts. And then you're going to be like, this is, these are the new niggas right here. I'm telling but the, you. But the, but the truth is that 
police reform shouldn't be that controversial. The pro- it becomes controversial because it becomes very much an us and them, which is unfortunate. Right, because you don't want people... What, listen, and when I say white, when I say black, I'm talking about the overall idea. I know that there are people across the board who, who you know, these protests are white and black people coming together and Hispanic people, Latin people, Asian people, all Muslim, you know, all kinds of people are coming together. And this is a world, this is the world waking up and saying, no, 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 no. But this really strong stronghold is still, if we have equity, not equality, but equity in this world, what changes about my comfort level? Because if I'm already white and feeling like my comfort level is changing because of all of these other ethnicities and religions that are coming into this country, my country, that my forefathers fought for, that is America, we're going to make it great again. And what they don't understand when you say make it great again, you mean go back to the times where black slaves was killing Yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically black- back to, yeah, well, I think, I think really in today's times, it's more like, let's go back to the 50s where... You know, there was like great advantages for white working class people, and black yeah, people still knew their place. Black people could yeah. not take advantage of when yeah, they were exactly you know, the the um what they call the nuclear family that was not a structure of black people. They were giving out loans to only white people, and redlining was happening. Sure, all of that was still at, at a point where people were being disenfranchised. And I think people, I think white people have to come to an understanding that you have to be stand bold when you say you don't want certain things to happen. That you are okay with the disenfranchisement of other human beings because it means comfort for you. There are a lot of people that don't speak out about racism. There are a lot of people that get very, very quiet because they know they don't want the dynamic to change for them. It's already hard enough to get a loan. Now we put equity in this country. Now I got to fight against getting a loan with these niggas too. You understand? That's the reality. When I when we talk about equity with the police officers, now if if we're gonna have equity, now they're not gonna be so busy. Look, because white people get away with a lot of shit because the cops deal with people of color all the fucking time. I, white people go in stores and steal and do whatever the fuck they want. Nobody's putting no whistles up, ain't nobody doing it. Because everybody always looking for the niggas that go in the store. That's the facts. But you also can't, because you have to remember history. You have to understand that the the first idea, the first thing about this country that's so fucked up go, really goes back to Reconstruction. The idea that this country is so hip- hypocritical that two parties can essentially flip-flop and still, you still have the same dynamics. You understand? Mm-hmm. The Republican Party becomes a Democratic Party. They all flip-flop once they saw that the, the intentions had started to change and even though the parties flip flop, the the we still stayed where we were. Yeah, the the division is still the same. Yeah. The same. So then, when you go, when you go, oh well, we have to reform the police, right? Which is necessary. I say, how can you reform the police? Do you understand who the police were in this country, and that their tenements have never changed? That they had weaponized and legitimized slave hunters and turned them into the police. The same structure that rounded up runaway slaves, that rounded up Black people, hung and lynched them, murdered them, created mobs to attack them, are the same, is the same system that we now call police. So you I know, but, that, but, but, but just, but internationally, yeah. though, there is like... There's like a modern version of police no, internationally. No, no, no. There's still no reason why we can't reform the police in a modern context. No, 
there is an idea of policing, which what is an idea that was given to these slave hunters. Fuck the rest of the world for a second, because I'm not, I'm not saying that and and the fuck whatever. I'm talking about what's happening here in America, because there's other little. There's things going on in China. There's all kinds of protests. Everybody's having a sort of battle and their policing did not start with the foundation of slave hunters. And that is the problem here. We took the idea of police and then we put it on to people who were slave hunters. So if the genesis of them is to look for runaway slaves and take them back as their property how can you reform that if you've only put the cloak of police on them the whole structure would have to be changed and would have to be undermined have to go away you can't i can't um start as like a uh a salesperson for verizon right i'm selling cell phones for verizon and now you're like now we need you to go into the school system and we need you to sell, uh, you know, work with kids lunches and sell, you know, get the, the lunches to kids so we can sell the kids. Lunch. I'm always going to undermine these kids because my foundation is working for a corporation where I was just the bottom line was money. And you put me in a situation now where the bottom line is still money. But now we also got to be like, we got to help the kids. No, my bottom line is fuck the kids, we need money. Until we understand that there are structures in this country that we keep trying to put humanitarian labels on, but the basis of it is either uh, repossessing property and bringing it back to where it was, or the bottom line is dollar-dollar bill. Yeah, so you you don't have any hope for uh, modern reform? It's no. And it's not on me. If it was on me, and if I could speak to white people and get white people on board, it would be great. The problem is we have a 17-year-old boy that goes to a protest driven by his mother, murders two people, and then white America defends him. Well, certainly Donald Trump defended him. Right, right, right. But but let let me really paint this. They defend him, they call him a boy, and they defend him. We have a young black man, Trayvon Martin, who was going from a convenience store to his home unarmed with Skittles and iced tea. He was murdered in cold blood by a civilian who was told not to murder or do anything. And guess what this guy's living off of? People going to see him do TED Talks and signing pictures of Confederate flags and pictures of Trayvon Martin's dead body. You have to ask white people what they are going to do because that's on them. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, 
Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. That shit ain't on us. When you can do some shit, imagine if Black America... If some little white girl got raped and murdered and then Black America took pictures of her dead body and signed and let somebody sign those pictures for profit, America would burn this fucking place down to the ground. So when people go out and they protest because they're tired of seeing this shit and knowing that they're subject to it. I saw my white friends through the pandemic suffering because we were in a pandemic. I saw my black friends, including myself, suffering because of a pandemic and a fucking race war. People calling me going, I don't know if I should post black life. What should I do? I have to talk to all my fucking white friends while I'm suffering. I gotta let them, I gotta make them feel okay that they feel okay in this world. It's all scary. Good for you. Welcome to my fucking world. So, so in terms of like the fact that like all these police, uh, you know, the, the benevolent association, they all come out in support of Donald Trump. Does that make you feel hopeless that these structures will have no change at all? Let me be very clear about where my level of hope is. I am a black woman in America. I'm a black person in America. Add on top of it that I am a heavy set black person in America. I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. So no matter who's president, even though I tell people to go vote because it's important, because really if, if we want to start making some type of progress towards hope, we will have to start to change the foundation in which we have legislature because legislature does not come into play when it comes to white people. It comes into play when it comes into black people. So the reason why we're debating about whether Breonna Taylor's death is valid or not is because they're still trying to uphold this legislature that says, well, it's okay for them to have a no-knock warrant, even though they've been lying about everything else. And then they turn the, the, the boyfriend into a gang-banging drug addict. And then somehow they take this innocent young woman who's dead, won't let her name rest in peace, and then have now also made her a criminal. And this is the narrative that they've told. And this is the narrative that a lot of white people believe because it's easier for them to believe that than to understand that a fucking egregious error has happened. So to be honest with you, whether Biden is president, whether Trump is president, black people been fucked, we all fucked. Any way that I'm going to get out of whatever I'm getting out of is going to be on the back of myself. There's nobody handing me anything. I know mm-hmm. they everybody thinks welfare is a handout. P.S. More white people are on welfare than black people. So I understand and Candace Owens is running around here talking about black people want to hand out and we just want America, whatever, whatever, whatever. At the end of the day, we still haven't gotten our 40 acres of a mule from slavery. So it doesn't matter who's fucking president, Donald Trump or whatever. But what I'm saying is if we're going to have any type of hope to come together as a collective. You mean black people not, or the nation? The nation. It is not asking black people, do we have hope? It is asking white people, at what point in time are you going to get sick of seeing the shit that's happening 
in this country? And how important is it to you to always have some level of privilege tucked somewhere or birthright or know that you get to scave through here and that there's always somebody underneath you? How important is that to you, even though you understand that that is what is undermining the structure here in America? Because that is that that thing that you guys are being lifted up on is the thing that keeps keeping us unshifted. And but no, but but surely, 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 nobody knows what to do, though. Surely, white people are just as confused about what to actually do. No, white people are not confused about. Well, what I'm confused do. right now. I'm sitting here talking, just like I. I mean, what? Okay, on a layman's term, sure, right? You feel powerless. You're one individual. We all feel that in the level of humanity. But <clears throat> when white people get together, they know what to do, right? You know what to do. You're being told what to do. The MAGAs, they know what to do. These yeah, people- them. Yeah, but I don't. I don't consider. I'm not aligned with them. So, no, I, by the way, I don't. I'm not taking this as like a what do I do. I just mean like, it, it it is confusing to know what to do in terms of, other than you support. You know, you 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 try to keep yourself informed. You try to you know be an advocate for change. But like, what do you do beyond that in terms of like, how do you challenge the the the, the power structure? That keeps you privileged and other people unprivileged. Maryland, I, by the way, I'm not. I, I don't. No, no, I don't no, know if you have the answer, but I'm right. just curious. Let me let me say something. Marilyn Monroe would refuse to attend clubs or patronize spots until they let Ella Fitzgerald sing. That was her friend. So she would tell these clubs that if you let her sing, I will be there, sitting front row at your club. And they could do the press, whatever they wanted. And that's how Ella Fitzgerald got to sing in certain locations. Not because Ella Fitzgerald is not talented enough and a goddess to sing in locations, because she had a white ally who was able to do something for her. So it's a matter of we either listen to a black person when they ask you for help about something. Hey, can you help me do so-and-so and so-and-so? Hey, maybe it's Maybe it's to the, the blue collared white guy who's out here and you know, a, a black guy you're cool with or friends with, or, you know, he says, Hey, can you help me become a part of the union? Hey, can you help me get a, a, on this job? Hey, you know, what, you know, you're a foreman here. Can I work underneath? Whatever it is. It is about whatever you can do. It's about when, you know, in our, in our business, there's a lot of racism and, and comedy. The, the biggest glaring racism is they keep making every black comic an urban comic, regardless of whether they're urban or not, right? So well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to let black people open for me, unless it's Greer Barnes, because I'm just not following that motherfucker. It's as simple as that. <laughs> so then that's what it is. It's like, <laughs> or it's like, I've had, you know, one person I'll, Joe Firestone, and I don't think she'll ever even know, like, this, and I've said this to her a lot. There, I have been trying to have my voice put out in, in authentically as I am. And Joe Firestone is one of the people that really facilitated me to do that, really thought about me and said, you know what, here's an opportunity at Fallon for you to kind of come in. And we're looking to do something about a black Santa skin. We, I just thought about you because I know you have, you, you're very conscious about those things, but you're also very funny. And I think you can do it in a way that's funny and will bring everybody in. She brought, she, she gave me that opportunity and thought about me when people sort of like, go, oh, I don't know, Yamika, you know, she's sort of militant. She's like, well, so 
I I thank her for that. Like it's little things like that. It's it's executives who have been like, hey, we want you on the show because we like your voice. It's fucking Jeff Ross who's like, hey, I think you're awesome at roast, and you're my friend. I'm gonna make sure I put mm. you on the roast. Now he's not giving me a handout. I'm one of the funniest people on fucking. Yeah, but you deserve it. Yeah, it's nothing to do. Right, I mean. but that's what I'm saying. A lot of times, I think when people, when white people hear help, they they keep going. You know, it's like Seinfeld said something like, "Why, why are we putting people of color in if they don't deserve it?" I, w- I thought that was as a fan of. He, I'm paraphrasing something he said, but as somebody who was a huge fan of Seinfeld and really followed his, and he's more of like a boring comic, you know what I mean? Like in terms of like, he does more mundane, he ain't really saying political shit. And I was like absorbing all his shit as a kid. I loved his shit. For me to hear something like that come out of his mouth about, well, we shouldn't just be giving people a handout. It's like, why would you think people were getting like a handout when there's so many people of color that you know from Chris Rock to so-and-so and so-and-so? So So I think the idea is always when we incorporate diversity or bringing, uh, giving opportunity to people of color, they always want to make it seem like we're asking you to give somebody a a lack of merit. Well, especially when it comes to you. Come on. You're a fucking, I mean, you're a powerhouse. But it's not, but it's not a lack of, of merit. I want to, I, I want the opportunity to be in a spot because I know that the only reason I'm not in a spot is because I don't have the opportunity. I'm not asking you to put me anywhere that I don't need to be. When I first got into roast and I roasted a couple of really high profile white comics, no one had any confidence in me. That's again, why I always appreciate Jeff. Nobody had any confidence in me. I even heard people go, well, you know, this guy, he writes. Are you able to write? What makes you think I can't write? What makes you think I'm not? I've been in rooms where people are like, wow, Yannicka really writes comedy. They just think I just, I don't get it. I know I make it look like it's conversational and easy and I'm just coming up with this shit on top, but I'm smart. Most people don't acknowledge that about me until they have worked with me. So I mean, I get just so you know, I get the same thing because I'm good looking. People assume that I'm not good at writing because I just didn't. No, I, and I believe that. <laughs> I'm joking. No. I'm an I'm joking. Are you joking? <laughs> I, but was, I, I was joking. I'm sorry because I do believe, like, as much as I always like people to understand that, as much as my conversation is about black and blackness because I am black, that's the first step. I don't think that there's other people that are not out here having their thing. No, I'm not. I'm not experiencing any discrimination based on my incredible cheekbones. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and and I I like to have. By the way, I I'm also conscious of the time. I know that you said you had well, something at five. Know, but but listen, I I can give you a, a few more minutes. I want to say this. I I I have these conversations in spaces I feel comfortable and with my friends. And with people that I think get it. So the fact that we even had this conversation that, you know, people can listen to this, dissect it all kinds of ways and feel this kind of way and that kind of way. I, I always try to lay bare what is happening with me and really how I authentically feel about things. And then I, I find a way to let it go. I don't run around my whole day can't be, blah, 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 you know, da, da, da. you know, we have these conversations. If even one person listens to this and goes like, even if somebody who's like, I can't stand this black bitch, she run about, even if they go try to prove me wrong, do some research and try to discredit any of the things I said, you might be surprised that you'll find like, wow, I didn't think of that. Because I think people need to understand 
it's, we have one life to live. And when we keep saying, oh, we want to make it for generations behind us and for our generation, we keep saying that. And we don't live in the time where we are the generation. Some generations ago said that they wanted this generation to benefit from the shit that they was doing. Now, they either did a good job or they fucked up. Where we at right now looks like they probably fucked up. So let's let's stop this generation to generation. Let's do it now and fix it now and benefit from it now. Because I don't want to be the, it broke my heart to see all these black people in their 90s and their 80s and shit crying because they thought they'd never see the day that there was a black president. Mm -hmm. And then boom, they got one foot in the banana peel and the other foot in the grave. You know, I want to enjoy when we have some progression in this country. I don't want to be like, look look how much, look how much that triggered. Jesus Christ. Well, you know, once one thing triggers one way, it triggers the other. So this will be the testament of time to see how much the pendulum swings because it's always a push-pull. It's a push-pull. I partially agree with what Pence said when he said, when he talked to the the little girl, even though he didn't really acknowledge her, when they, they, at the end of the debate, they gave a question from an eighth grader and the girl's name was Brennan Teen or some shit like that. And I could see the nigga's head spinning because he didn't know whether the little girl was white or black because you know <laughs> you no know, he got to give out different information if that's a little white girl so um he's but he's saying she was saying there's so much dissension and how can we how you guys are examples and leaders and if you guys are fighting and at each other's throats how can regular people not fight and be at each other's throat and he gave a politician's answer but the one thing that he said i partially agree with but then I, the, the rest of it I vehemently disagree with. And when he said, listen, we we talk about it here and then we go, he gave an example of, you know, people on different political lines and then they break bread with each other. He's like, you know, we lay it here, we talk about it here. And then we, then we felt we get together afterwards and we break bread afterwards. And part of that is I agree with that. We should be able to disagree, have conversations, shit like that. Mm. And break bread afterwards. The reason why I then also disagree is because if we doing that on taxes or some other little penny ante shit, global warming and da da da. Not that that's really penny ante shit, but I mean like we could, it can be up or down one way or the other. Do you believe? Do you not believe? Versus I can't break bread with you when you want to keep the police system the way that it is and, yeah, that and keep women's society. reproductive rights, you know, keep the, the women's rights, yeah. for you know, I can't break bread with people that are causing me to have a life in which I don't feel secure that I can live fully. And well, I, especially then the next day Trump comes out and calls Kamala a monster. You know, I mean, it, I don't it, even know if he tweeted that because I'm, I'm no, sure he, he said it. He monster. said it on Fox news. He said it to Maria Bart Bartomolo. Oh, he did a live interview. Yeah. This morning. Yeah. Oh, we thought he was dead. Okay. But I guess he's, I guess. No. Yeah. So he, but anyway, the, 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 the reality is that who cares who he called Mark. Do you see? This is that's it, though. Who cares who he calls a monster? The man 
separated children, newborn babies from their mothers at the border. Yeah, and he won't denounce white supremacists. I mean, he and, won't denounce. Yeah, so it's like, listen, my ex boyfriend gonna tell you I got bad pussy. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, no, I, I that that went over my head. <laughs> what I'm saying is the 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 worst culprit is always going to say the worst thing about you. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is he's a if I got bad pussy, then you shouldn't have been fucking me for a year. Yeah, you've been and, fucking. Yeah, so right, you got bad choice of pussy. Then so it's just people. So it's it, the point I'm making is like you need to listen to where the source is coming from. He's calling people monsters. He didn't tell us about the coronavirus. Yeah. Coronavirus. Coronavirus. <laughs> Nigga, you didn't tell us that. And oh, I know. You didn't tell Kellyanne Conway either. She got it. And then you didn't tell fat ass Chris Christie you had the coronavirus when he's damn patient zero for the person to get coronavirus. I don't fuck around with people because I'm black and I'm heavy set. I ain't trying to get no fucking coronavirus. You put a heavy set man in your mouth way and your air passageway to get coronavirus. <laughs> Chris Christie can't even breathe on his own on a regular day when the pollen count. <laughs> he is sounds. Low. He sounds like he's on a ventilator when he's trying to walk up a. <laughs> right. And now you gonna go share a Danish with this nigga? Come on. You at craft services having a croutite with this nigga knowing you got coronavirus. And I don't even know how Melania got it because I didn't even know she was still fucking this nigga. This week, this guy, I know. They must have must have just been near him at the time. Honey, he must have a six-foot dick because that's and it was on the tip. Cause that's the only way this bitch got coronavirus from his ass. It was on anyway, the tip. Yo, I gotta go now too, unfortunately. So, Steve, uh, that was Yamanika. I, I mean, we're not responding to what she said because I haven't done that interview yet. I'm not going to try to pretend. Like, let's not <laughs> pretend that it hasn't happened I thought yet. she was great. <laughs> and it, it's going to be recorded in a car in Shelter Island because, you know, Hannah records these, um, records these, this chat show that she's doing remotely. But they actually uh-huh. rejected, they rejected my house as a location because it's just too white and sort of like not, there's not enough like depth and color variety in the house for, all right for a good remote uh, a good remote scene which i i don't take offense look at the background behind me i mean i'm not i'm not doing great <laughs> on the backgrounds so uh anyway i'm i have to take her to shelter island but uh, timing wise it works out that i'll have to do the interview with yamanika while hannah is recording her thing which means i can't be having a loud anti-trump conversation in the house while right. she's recording so i'm going right. to be in my car outside the house hopefully with enough wi-fi to do the interview. Show- so that's what these people have that's just... showbiz, baby. That's, that's what happens when show- you're going out with showbiz. That's what these people have just heard. Then I've written this, you know, I've written a pitch for a, a, a comedy drama with another comedian called Ursula Carlson, who was on the pod a few weeks ago, and we have to rehearse our pitch because now when you pitch to these networks, they're Zoom pitches, so it oh, has wow. to be short and snappy, and because, as you know from doing these podcasts, mm-hmm. Zoom banter is very difficult because when you're talking and yes. I'm talking, it fucks everything up. So we have to actually script our banter. Wow, and rehearse it and all that. Yeah, we have to script our like, our back and forth so that we're not talking over <laughs> each other. Brilliant. Oh, that's yeah. cool, though. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm not giving too many details because who the hell knows, but I have been working on that all summer. I mean, really, I've been working on it for two years, but in terms of working on it as a, as a, as a, as a pitch for the American networks, I've been working on it all summer. So hopefully those pitches are coming soon, but I got to be honest with you, man, I'm fucking freaking out. Why? I, I think I'll be very nervous, certainly for the first pitch. Oh, you're nervous about them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the actual oh, physical bro, pitch, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because obviously as a performer doing stand-up comedy, you do that all the time, but there's a different type of pressure, isn't it? Yeah, and you're like, you know, it's, you don't have to memorize it, because, but I have to find out the best way to actually see my, my lines, but you still have to make it seem like conversational. And um, the production company that we're working with, they were saying that they've been doing a lot of these Zoom pitches and the execs kind of like get distracted. They like check their emails while you're doing them. Oh, bro, and you can't, let that, you can't let that get in your head. You have to just keep no. being strong. Because even if they're I'll checking t- their emails, it's not like they're not engaged. It's just like they're doing these Zoom pitches all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll tell- I've been in situations, that sounds like when you uh, audition for an ad and the directors are sitting like far, far away and you go in as an actor and they say, I, I literally had to do this. I had to run on a treadmill, but make it look like I was pretending to ride a horse. So I'm obviously looking like a fucking idiot and I'm giving it everything to try and get this job. And I look over and the director's not even looking at me. He's giving directions while he's eating a sandwich and he's not even looking at me. <laughs> but it's just long days for these executives, isn't it? Did you it? get it? Like, no, I didn't get that one, no. Uh. That was years ago. But uh, yeah, there you go. So, that's what I was doing last week. I was filming last week. Oh, you were filming? Oh, that's yeah, cool. yeah. I was doing a film last week. It was, oh, I was amazing. So, but I think it went down well with uh, Enya Martin, despite the fact that I fucked up and never had my uh, XLR cable into the Zoom H6. Oh, it all worked okay. I think, it, yeah, I think, I think it went okay. So, uh, I, you know, I, I, I talked a little bit about moving in with Hannah uh, on my own, but I, I kind of was annoyed that I didn't have you because you're, 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 you, you live with your partner. Yeah. Whereas this is yeah. a new, so, this is a new thing for me. I know, bro. Fucking hell. So I'm, I'm sure you didn't. Officially I'm sure you happened? didn't. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah, she's been living here like two weeks already. Mm. But yeah, but uh, we did have a quick brief conversation about it and you were like, it's all good. It's all good. It seems to be. Well, it just started. Cool, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the house is getting a lot organized. The house is getting more it's organized. It's early days. That. Yeah, it's early days. You can't, <laughs> you can't judge anything. You know, you got any advice? Yeah. Um, have I got any advice? Uh, well, just yeah, I think leave her, make her mark. You know, I think as men, I don't want to generalize. Mate, she's on all over this motherfucker. She's, <laughs> she's, she's <laughs> that's fuck, what I'm saying. Just, she's, <laughs> she's she's made her mark. That's a fact. Yeah. Well, that, well, look again. I don't want to generalize. So don't fucking go mad at me. But like, certainly, my lady makes her mark when it when it when it comes to everything to do with the house. Yes. So and it makes her happy to do that. Do you think so, that's like? Do you think that's like a female thing, or is that a learned behavior? Because like. It seems to be quite innate. Mm. It's uh, it's they call it when it gets particularly strong when um, a woman is just about to give birth, and they the call nesting. it nesting. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that, that element is there because I remember when I first started going, staying over in my girlfriend's house when we first started going out. We lived in London, and I remember going into her room, going, "Fucking hell, this is like." really nice it's really homey it's really like she come over to my house and she's like why have you got all those boxes i'm like ah just you know i might be moving again how long have you been living here <laughs> you know um so yeah it's just yeah i think there's there's a lot of cro- there's a lot of things like that that are just innate bro yeah for sure did but i ever tell you a story about when the chinese people moved into my house in rialto no <laughs> so i got these chinese tenants and i was away i think it was in china funnily enough and uh when i came back 
they asked me when I got the kitchen renovated. And I right. said, well, I renovated the kitchen when I renovated the house back in 2007. I think it was like 2015. And they were like, uh -huh. but the oven is brand new. And I said, no, you were just the first people to use it. <laughs> Literally, I've never been used. <laughs> wow. Jesus. In five Not even for like a Goodfellas pizza. <laughs> oh, bro. And that was the one that in your house that you're living in? Fucking hell, man. It's Rialto, where me and Aiden were living. Where, you know, where <laughs> we sort of still are, sort of. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, does Hannah cook? Well, she, she made a nice dinner for me last night. Oh. Second time she's cooked for me. Second one was definitely better than the first. But she's oh. <laughs> I've heard her making fun of herself on podcasts about her sort of about her cooking. Not amazing first attempt. I, I made fun of it late. I it was on last week's episode. But uh last night was nice. It kinda like a olive oil, uh mozzarella, garlic, basil, tomato, uh you know a caprese salad. No, but with pasta. Okay. Like like, ah, like a, it was it was very it was very nice, uh, and uh, I'm just an overnight oats guy. You know, I'm the breakfast guy. Yeah, yeah, but actually, yeah. I did. Love she was brunch. she was recording a podcast, so I actually did. I chopped up the mozzarella and uh, the the tomatoes, the tomatoes, and yeah. uh, um, I actually fried up some chicken too. But it wasn't. It didn't. I mean, it, it was nice with it a bit, but it wasn't. It wasn't yeah, yeah. necessary. But um, she's Italian, which is like always big. Because even if she doesn't cook that much, she's got to know what it's got a bloody taste like. So that's always a good yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I mean, it's fun. It's fun to do that stuff. And it's fun to have the house organized. I, I, I filled up a dumpster. The dumpster's now gone. And, uh, you know, the house is, it, it is, it is getting, it is getting more organized. But they definitely do want to make their mark. And then big the cleaning time. lady came on Tuesday and she said to Hannah, like, oh, yeah, I like what you've done to the bathroom. It's almost like this female code of like, yeah, we're in on it together. <laughs> another man, another man guy, tamed, yeah. Yeah. another tamed yeah. beast. <laughs> um, bro, it's like, uh, well, I get locked out of stuff in my house because I've got two. I've got my girlfriend and my daughter and they go into the toilet together all the time to do whatever they're doing. And my daughter is the one who insists on closing the door. So and she says she said this to my to my girlfriend yesterday. She says, like, yeah, just I'm just going to close the door so no one else can come in. I'm like, who the fuck else is, is coming in? <laughs> but it's just like it's just like he can just stay in the kitchen, listen to the radio. <laughs> We're doing girl stuff. <laughs> yeah. You better have it's another kid, Steve. Oh, stop. Don't stop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, bro, if we were to have another kid, I think I want a girl because I, I like, you know, because then they can all do their own stuff and I get left. Alone, oh, you get, you, you get your time. See, I haven't got to the I haven't got to the like, I need my own time time yet. You know what I mean? I know that'll yes. come. But right now yeah. it's just like no, no, none of that just yet. Yeah, not just yet. Yeah, especially with with the way the world is at the moment, it's kind of like every, I'm, I've certainly l learned to become more happier at home. When beforehand I was like, I need to fucking get out. I got shit to do. Boom, 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 boom. Yes, um, I know. I'm so out of the habit. That's yeah. So that's gone now. So that'd be interesting. I'm Would you have pushing everything to the autumn, next autumn, <sighs> just to be it's safe? Not that, yeah, it's not that. It's not that bad of a. I cancel a couple of shows, which technically could have gone ahead but it was just like yeah well joanne i, I think joanne's canceled a couple now too i think the canceling's coming again well you have to because it were like the whole country has stopped at the indoor stuff now for the moment oh really oh yeah yeah the whole country's on level three as of two days ago level or three. no sorry last night last night but it's going to go to level five before it goes back down again so that's my prediction sorry <laughs> to break oh, the news man. to anybody <laughs> um but yeah 
But uh, so, but I'm enjoy. I'm happy to be doing. I'm doing school at the moment, so it's going well. Um, so at least I have something to get up for. Yeah, well, there'll be a couple of years on this podcast before we start fucking comparing notes about kids. All right, Steve. All right, but I did want to ask you hypothetically, oh, hypothetically regardless of any of any relationship that you're in now, would you have a preference, girls versus boys, where you'd have kids? Because you come from very like you were surrounded by boys all the time, wasn't it? All my life, I've said I've always wanted a daughter because I never had a sister, and I I I would love a daughter, and I still think that you know would be the case. Although you know, I love having my nephews, and it's good fun. With the boys, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think I'd probably prefer a daughter. You know, I think I'd probably prefer like daddy's little girl, all that stuff. But you know, I, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me either way. I mean, the great thing is that Hannah's very athletic. She's very into sport. Like we already played beach volleyball together all the time. That's so. Great. The one thing I can't wait is to have a very active, sporty family on the yeah. beach. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm all yeah. set up for that. By the family way, I don't know if you volleyball. noticed, but. The property market is fucking insane over here right now in that outside of the cities, property market's going insane. And I got to fucking, I'm not going to say the number, but I got a straight up cash offer for this house yesterday out of the blue from somebody who rented it in the past. That's how fucking, no way. that's how crazy this world is. But I wouldn't give it up for the world, but it was like, it was a no joke offer. And I was like, fuck me, this is a crazy world. Yeah, yeah. So it's all going up because everyone's trying to get the fuck out of the city. They're cities. trying to get out of the cities, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. But, you know, personally for me, I think trying to dump a load of money on fucking a house that's only like 100 yards from the ocean is not a smart play in the age of climate change. But whatever, people are fucking going crazy. But yeah, it's priceless of- to me. I prefer living on the beach. I don't care about the money. Yeah. Yeah, because there's loads of people in Manhattan that can't fucking rent out their property for love nor money at the moment. Oh yeah, well, particularly with commercial property. Yeah, but that whole that whole situation. But that will improve once the, the world gets back to normal. Because it happened after nine eleven, everybody was fucking nuts, uh, wanting to get out of the city. But very quickly, it, it all comes back. I mean, people will like. I was in the city. I've been in the city a couple of times. Like you do, kind of go. Oh yeah, the city is nice. But I I, I still prefer I still prefer the beach life. But anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to seem like I'm, I'm gloating. I'm just, I just wanted to make the point about how <laughs> insane things are. And I only brought that yeah. up because we were talking about this idyllic scenario of yes. me, Hannah, and our, our, our yet-to-be-fucking-inseminated child <laughs> <laughs> playing volleyball on the beach happily. The problem yeah. is you got to wait like a fucking good decade before they're any use at fucking Bro, volleyball. Bro, you'd be so... I can't wait <laughs> to see you as a fuck... I can't wait to see you as a soccer dad. I'm oh, not a, I won't be a soccer dad, man, but I'll be like a volleyball... <laughs> You know, I, but I, if your I, daughter's playing football, I mean, you'd be on the on the fucking sidelines going referee. You'd be going fucking like you're watching George. I, I, st- I would have to stop myself, man. I would have to stop myself. But I know, <laughs> yeah, in terms of my own, imagine somebody slid tackled your daughter and fucking she hurt herself. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, I have yeah. to try to control my competitive juices when I have children. You know, <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens. Oh, it's all fun. The all right, man. Thing though is great, bro. What? The daddy's girl thing is great. Yeah, you see, My, that's what I want, man. Because I was I was away last week, and uh, I, I explained to my daughter, I'm going to be away for a week now, and uh, I said, are you going to miss me? And she was like, nah, you're going to miss me, right? Nice. She's <laughs> yeah. a little bitch already. Two, yeah, yeah. Two two days later, she's like, when are you coming home? <laughs> right? two, days, two days again after that, she cried for half the day in school and refused to eat her snacks in school. The teacher said she wouldn't eat her snacks because her daddy's not here. <laughs> there you go, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> Tell her mother it's she needs good. a bit of that longing. 
All right, bro. Great All right, to catch yo, up. Great to catch up, man. Listen, uh, don't forget to add Yamanika, add Steve at Hello Steve O. Check out the Hello Steve O podcast. Oh, don't. I, uh, oh. It's, it's literally stopped last week. Oh, sorry. What happened? <laughs> I did a whole end of it. No, nothing happened. I just, I'm so busy at the moment with college and all that. Just for now, I'm just kind of, it'll just be. Are you still committed Waffle to this? House. Yes, bro. Okay, yes, good. Yes. Good. Because we're going to keep my going. my hours are down. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we're going to keep going, man. And like, yes, bro. I'll talk to you privately about maybe like every now and then doing like an extra one because, you know, sometimes I feel like it's good to like respond to uh, to stuff. But anyway, uh, so don't check out Hello, Steve-O. But uh, by the way, we're, you know, Joanne's supposed to be on once a month. So keep checking out Joanne McNally. We'll be back soon. She's not completely, you know, off the roster here. And yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll chat to you guys next week or possibly before. Actually, I'm going to put up a couple of episodes that were on the shift. I'm going to pop them over to here. So this week will probably be uh, fungful, as they say in Chinese, fucking full of uh, stuff uh, this week. Thanks, Steve. Is that what Feng Fu is for? Fucking full of stuff. No, Feng Fu is like just like full of variety, you know, like t- just brilliant. Yeah, anyway. So, uh, all right. Take See care, you soon, guys. Bro. Peace. All right. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.